The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. All right, Royals fans, you can now officially become a little nervous. I've been talking you off the edge the last couple of days, but not today. Welcome in the Clubhouse Conversation. It's Davo with your dish for Game 3 of the Seattle series as the Mariners complete the three-game sweep at Kauffman Stadium. Two to one. Back-to-back days now. The Royals have squandered great pitching performances. The Royals also lose the season series to the Mariners five to two. And yeah, I told you yesterday I was fine with the last three games. I mean, let's go through it. The Royals weren't scoring many runs other than the Iwakuma game, but you lost to Anibal Sanchez, great major league pitcher. Plus, you had already won that series, you know, three to one. So, oh, well, who cares about that last game in Detroit? Iwakuma on Friday, Shields didn't have it. You were able to come back, knock him out, get five runs. Good offensive effort. You know, Holland didn't have it. You can easily move past that one because that's going to happen. Yesterday, well, you know, it's iffy. But again, Chris Young, who has been a slightly above average pitcher this year. So you've lost to two great ones. One slightly above average. But today, no, you had to win today. You had to maintain a little bit of your momentum from that fun 10-game winning streak. And you had advantages in pitching the last two days. You could not get swept at home by the Mariners. No possible way. You could lose two out of three and be okay. You couldn't get swept at home by the Mariners when you had the pitching edge two consecutive days and lost both of them two to one. And now you've got to face Cy Young Central the next two days. So, I mean, you've lost all the momentum you had now. You've lost the bandwagon fans who were going to fill the keg, give you some momentum, buy some more stuff, you know, help convince David Glass to spend some more payroll or maintain the payroll going into next year, maybe add some players this year. I mean, you've lost those people now. They're not coming back until you get back to eight or nine games above 500. A lot of people now are saying same old Royals. So the diehard people listening to this right now, like you and I, we get it. We know it's still a small sample size. We know it's not time to officially panic, but it's definitely time to be concerned, and it's definitely time to be a little bit panicked. Because let's be honest, the Royals get swept by the Dodgers. They've completely lost all the ground they made up. They're back to 500 team. They're probably going to be five and a half back of Cleveland or, or Detroit, excuse me, four and a half at the minimum. You're probably four and a half back of Detroit if you get swept in this series. You're probably going to be two and a half out of the wild card. You're back to 500, and you've lost the town that you had behind you. So the Royals now are going to have to step it up against the Dodgers. They're going to have to win at least one, probably two. Now, if they get two in this Dodgers series, you can throw the Seattle series out the window because that's a great job. And I said coming into this homestand, four and five was the minimum, absolute minimum worst case. Five and four was the goal, but four and five was the absolute worst case minimum. To get to four and five, you're going to have to win, obviously, at least one against the Dodgers, probably two. So you probably need two wins against the Dodgers now and two against the Angels. Well, good luck. Let's, we'll go through the Dodgers series at the end. The Royals have one slight edge in that series and two pretty big disadvantages. But let's talk about this game. There's not really too much to say. Jordano Ventura, amazing, but you know what else is new these days? I mean, he's been on fire pretty much the whole season. Seven innings for Ventura. Two runs, just really one bad pitch. The hanger to Mike Zanino that he crushed. To left field was the game-winning hit. Seven innings, two runs for Ventura. Scattered six hits. Struck out six and walked two. Great job, Jordano. Did your job. Took it deep in the game. Pitched out of some trouble there in his last inning. That was really the only inning he was ever in trouble, real trouble, throughout the game after giving up the home run and having first and second when nobody out was able to get Bloomquist on the great defensive play and then pitched himself out of that. But then you had Francisco Bueno, who's been awesome. Outside of his first outing of the year, another one, two, three, eighth inning. 
with a strikeout. Same thing for Aaron Crow. Scoreless ninth. Did allow one hit, but struck out a Mariner. So the pitching today was awesome. The pitching all series outside of Shields and Holland has been awesome. So, again, no reason to be worried about the pitching. I told you I'll start worrying about Shields if he has a bad start against the Dodgers. If he has a bad start against the Dodgers and he's pushing four on his ERA, well, then we're past the point of a dead arm and a three or four or five you know, slump that he normally has three, four, or five starts this time of year. If this happens again with Shields, you got to start worrying about it. Not worried about him yet. So pitching, I'm not worried about. Pitching is great. No big deal. We still have our bullpen ready for the series against the Dodgers, thankfully, because the Royals starters were able to eat up big-time innings in this series. Look at it. Eight and two-thirds, seven and seven by the Royals starters in the series. So you got Davis 100% tomorrow, Herrera 100%, Holland 100%, and you could even pitch Crow and Bueno tomorrow if you need to. So pitching-wise, you're in good shape heading in to the Dodgers. But let's talk about the offense today. And I'm not going to tip my cap to Rowanis Elias today. I mean, all you had to do was score three runs off of him. His ERA coming in was near four. You, you torched him in Seattle earlier on May 11th. Today, six and two-thirds, one run on five hits, struck out five, two walks. Not going to get it done, guys. It, it's just, you can't, I don't, I, there's no excuses. You can't lose two games in a row when you give up two runs to the freaking Mariners who have a worse offense than you do on paper. The, the Mariners are one of the few teams throughout the season that have been at or below the Royals offensively. You cannot lose two games in a row and you give up two runs to him. Not acceptable. No excuses. And I, I'm going to kind of pick on one guy in particular today and kind of say one guy needs to be DFA'd. But the one guy I'm going to pick on is Eric Hosmer. He's officially back to his hack at anything days. Uh, he appeared to be out of it there for a while, for a couple of weeks. But Hosmer today in his four at-bats swung at the first pitch and two of the at-bats, swung at the second pitch and got out in the other at-bat and then his fourth at bat was ahead 3-1 and swung at ball four twice and grounded out. So Eric Hosmer, two first pitch outs in this game, one two pitch at bat. Let's go over this again. I think I misexplained that. Two at bats, he swung at the first pitch and made out. One at bat, he swung at two pitches and made out. Then he was ahead 3-1 once and had ball four twice, but swung at breaking balls down on the zone. Eric Hosmer now is all, almost a 2,200 major league at bats. 2,200. He's at 2,178 now. Eric Hosmer in about... Another week will be at 2,200 major league at bats. He's not young. It's time to stop coddling him. You got to at least move him down in the order. Period. You may say, well, he, he, you know, it's only a difference of one at bat, maybe 20 games a year. I don't care. I want Alex Gordon having 20 more at bats than Eric Hosmer. Don't care. The fact that you're making excuses and admitting that you know it's only 20 more at bats. Well, you know, you're probably right, Davo, but it's only who cares if, if if you can improve your team and give your team a better chance to win. That's what you do. Baseball is all about playing the percentages and playing what most likely is going to happen. Alex Gordon needs more bats than Eric Hosmer. It's not freaking rocket science. Just flip him in the order. Sit Hosmer against Kershaw. It's time to start sitting him against some of the lefties like the Royals do with Mike Moustakis, who recently has been hitting a lot better than Eric Hosmer has. Stop coddling him. If he's not going to buy into your approach that the other guys are doing out there, the majority of the lineup has been a lot better at their approach, even during these four games. They aren't having awful at bats. That's, that's one thing I want to say. I mean, they're not overly awful offensively it's just there's no excuse for not scoring runs but if you're not going to buy into the approach then sit move down in the lineup at the very least i don't care if you need to put billy butler at first for one game they won't do it because you don't want to give up runs defensively i kind of understand that but even defensively hosmer has been disappointing this year he's not going to win a gold glove this year defensively he's been disappointing this year offensively he's been very disappointing and the guy is well over you know halfway through his arbitration years but sorry his, his controllable years with the royals entering arbitration now. 
2,200 at-bats, what are we seeing out of Eric Hosmer? He can't be hitting in the three-hole. Does he have potential? Of course he still does. But you can't say that much longer, guys. 2,200 at-bats. It's not like he's Will Myers sitting with a few hundred, 400, 500 major league at-bats and super young and raw. I mean, he's had time up here. Three-plus years at the major league level. It's time to start producing for Eric Hosmer. The Royals ain't going anywhere if he doesn't, especially if they're going to keep hitting him in the three-hole. You've got guys like Lorenzo Cain hitting better. Move him up. Escobar, move him up. Gordon, move him up. At some point, the Cadillac needs to stop with Eric Cosmer. That's my point on him. Number two, the guy I'm going to call it is Pedro Siriaco, DFAM. No more. You can almost say he blew a game yesterday. I'm not going to blame it entirely on him, but he comes in for defense at second base. Supposedly he's on this roster for defense, I should say. Comes in at second base yesterday. You know, to start in the game. So you had him in there instead of Infante, who you're giving the day off, which is fine. You have to give Infante days off. But my point is, Syriaco shouldn't be on the roster. That's a Dayton Moore thing. Nedios has to play who he has. Syriaco is not a major league player. We've seen it three times this year. There were plays that should have been made at second base that weren't. And I know that's a little unfair because he has a very small sample size. I don't care. He's as fringe as they come. Dime a dozen are utility guys, especially if they're not good utility guys. Now, a good utility guy is not dime a dozen, but guys who can't hit worth a lick, who play average defense, are a dime a dozen. Pedro Siriaco is horrible. That a bat he had in the ninth inning, swore, you know, struck out on three swinging pitches, including one that was over his head. That could have been the worst at bat of the year by a Royals player. Just completely awful. I have no idea why Ned Yost wouldn't have saved a bat with him coming up fourth to hit for him. You had two power guys in Valencia and Maxwell who can at least hit the ball to the park. I know they, I know they don't hit right-handers well. I understand that. But Pedro Siriaco doesn't hit anybody well. And to win that game, he was going to have to hit. He's due up fourth. Ned might have said, well, I made sure I get it to Siriaco. Well, if you're going to win the game, the fourth hitter is going to have to hit. You're the home team down one. You save a bat for him right there. So that's one neg- negative Ned Yost thing I'll point out. Would it have mattered? Probably not. So I'm not going to really talk about it much. But I'm one who backs Ned Yost way more than I point out negatives. And I didn't think that was very smart managing by Ned Yost. You save a, a, a bat, however you have to do it. Don't do the double switch there then. You could have moved over to Moustakis to short. And you save Moustakis to hit for Syriaco, for example. Is that optimal? No. But you're trying to get the game to the next inning. And Moustakis can play shortstop. He's played it growing up. And a pinch, he can play there for a couple innings to try to win a game. Syriaco, though, yesterday was the goat on defense. It's obvious he can't hit. He's just There's no purpose for him in this team. DFAM, get him off the 40. Bruce Chen's coming off what? He's eligible. What is today? Today is the 22nd. I guess you'd have to wait till Tuesday maybe to DFAM. But really, you don't have to because you need a backup infielder anyway. Bring up Christian Colon. It's time. You wasted a first-round pick on Christian Colon. He's not doing you any good anymore. He is what he is. He's not going to be a major league everyday player, most likely. The problem with Christian Colon is I don't really know that he's much of an answer at third base, but you're struggling at second base. with you know, Not struggling. You've got an oft-injured second baseman in Omar Infante. So first of all, you need somebody who's going to be able to start 30 games a year at second base. Third base has been a problem all year. And shortstop, when Escobar needs somebody in a pinch to give him a breath or gets hurt, you need a competent utility infielder. I've been saying it for a month here on Clubhouse Conversation. Dayton Moore needs to make this move. It's costing them games. Yesterday, especially, with that defensive play, I mean, Syriaco's in there for his glove only, and he can't make the plays. That's three times this year we've seen borderline plays that he didn't make. Not all of them are called errors, but that could have easily cost the Royals a game yesterday. Easily. You got him up there swinging the pitches above his head with guys on base in the ninth inning, striking out on three pitches. He's got to go. Get him out tonight. No more excuses. I want Christian Colon up here tomorrow. Is Christian Colon a long-term answer as a utility guy? No. But people aren't trading utility guys till mid-July, so the Royals probably have to wait another three to four weeks until they can make a move to get a utility guy, whether it be a Ben Zobrist or 
who can't really play shortstop, but or whether it be somebody like a Willie Bloomquist, somebody not Bloomquist who's not going to be on the deadline or on the block, but somebody similar to Bloomquist. Royals need to make a move for a competent major league experience utility guy. In my opinion, that's one of the biggest holes in this team. So did Suryaka cost the game today? No. Just pointing out that he was bad in this series, and you can't be wasting a spot in the roster for somebody like that. All right, let's preview the Dodgers series. Jeremy Guthrie against Zach Grinke tomorrow. Grinke, 9-3, 2-5-7. Guthrie is pitching awesome lately. Big, big advantage for the Dodgers, though, because the Royals right now aren't scoring runs against Chris Young and Elias and... I mean, they lit up, yeah, they did hit up Verlander and Scherzer just a week ago, two Cy Young guys too, but I don't know. The Tigers were also reeling at that point. The Dodgers aren't really. I mean, they have been, man, they're not really. They actually haven't really followed them too much, but I know the Giants are reeling right now, but the Dodgers have been pretty steady all season. They're they're scary good. So big disadvantage tomorrow. Nothing against you, Jay Guts. I love you. You've been pitching well, but Grinky's Grinky's Grinky, and the Royals' offense is the Royals' offense right now. Again, unfortunately. Then you've got Danny Duffy against Clayton Kershaw. Big disadvantage coming off a freaking no-hitter. 7-2 with a 2-5-2. So you're facing 2-5-7 and 2-5-2 back-to-back days. Now, granted, that's the NL. There's no DH. You probably add .3 or .4 to their ERAs. They're still both under three guys. They're both under three ERAs. You know, these guys are even probably a half-step up from Iwakuma and Anibal Sanchez. I mean, they're a half-step up from that, from those two who the Royals. I mean, Iwakuma they hit okay, but not Sanchez. So... The Royals have a chance, yes, because Guthrie and Duffy have been really good, but the Royals are going to have to play great defense, which, again, probably defeats my prediction or hope that Billy Butler will start at first. Or It's not going to happen. I understand that because you've got to play defense. I just wish there was a way the Royals did have, a, again, Ben Zobra, somebody that could play first base, a utility guy, to give Hosmer games off against tough lefties even. But anyway, I, I digress. That's probably not going to happen. But So you've got Guthrie, Duffy against Grinky and Kershaw. The Royals are going to have to get – three-run or less outings out of both pitchers deep into the games to have any kind of chance. They're going to have to figure out a way to scrap across, you know, three to four runs the next two days to win at least. If those, if, if Guthrie and Duffy give up four or more, the game's pretty much over. Good advantage, uh, the, you, you do have a slight edge is the good news coming up on Wednesday as you got James Shields against Dan Heron. Dan Heron 7-4 with a 3-6-2. Shields 3-5-7. So Shields does have the advantage. He, he also pitches in the AL. You would think he's beyond due for a James Shields shutdown game. So I do like the Royals' chances at winning game three. But, God, you just – by then, you don't want to be in a six-game losing streak. Going into that game seven in a row could be, you know, with James Shields going against Heron. You, you just don't want that negativity back because the Vultures are out there now. The Vultures are back in this town. You can't totally blame them. It sucks, but – the end of the day, the Royals, let's let's be honest, the, the Royals haven't given anybody reason to believe for extended periods of time. So you can't totally fault the Vultures. But the negativity is back. It's not going to help facing Grinky and Kershaw. I really think you got to find a way to win two out of three in this series. You have to win game three. Have to. I don't care if you win one of the first two or even both of the first two. You've got to win that third game. Shields has to win. Shields has to start earning his keep because he's not doing his job this year for the most part. James Shields against Dan Heron. Circle that. Must win on Wednesday. If you can get that game plus one other, you're in great shape again. They get you back out of your rut. You take two out of three from the Dodgers, and then you just take two out of three from the Angels. That's a losing homestand, but you've, you know, salvaged it. At this point, the Royals need to salvage the homestand. The Royals need to go four and two to end this homestand. Now, that's a big – I understand that's not super easy to do. 
I understand we're not, you know, facing scrap heat pitchers the next well, the next three for sure. I haven't looked ahead to the Dodgers or to the Angels, but the Angels have good pitching too. So probably the Royals are going to be facing pretty damn good pitching five of the next seven games. So that's going to be big, you know, a big chore for them. But win that game on Wednesday, figure out a way to split the first two. I, I don't want to think about what it's going to be like if they lose the next two. They're back to one over 500. They're probably three and a half or four and a half back in Detroit. They're probably two and a half out of the wild card minimum. And you've lost the town and you're facing a must win with all the pressure. And this team seems to collapse at home on losing streaks with negativity. I mean, that's one thing about this team. For whatever reason, especially this year, they, they're much better on the road this year than they are at home. The negative energy seems to get to them. I don't know if it's in their head or what, but they just don't seem to hit at home. So let's hope like hell they can win one of the next two. Guthrie and Duffy, please, guys. Can one of you guys go eight innings, two-run ball so we can get a win? Actually, that didn't get the job done the last two days. So eight inning, one-run ball. Can you guys do that so we can get a win? How do we couldn't have won? How do we lose these two games against the Bears? Giving up two runs. That's just it hurts. We'll have all three for you here on Clubhouse Conversation. And summary, Royals fans, not a whole lot to be excited about right now. The good news is this is it's a long season, plenty of time. I've said it the whole time. If the Royals can be three to five games over 500 at the break, they're still in it. Definitely for the wild card. Still have an outside chance of the division as well. So be about salvaging it. Kind of just put these three games behind us. You have to. Again, I'm not going to count that game against Detroit because who cares. So put these last three games behind you and move on. Find a way to start winning series again. Stop the bleeding. Don't, don't even think of it. If I'm the Royals right now, I'm not thinking of it as stopping the bleeding. I'm looking at this as, okay, it's a new series. That sucks, but it's a long season. We'll be fine. We're still three above. Let's, let's start getting some wins. We're home for another week. If I'm the Royals, I'm just going to come out and play relaxed. I hope that's what they can do, but the problem is I fear the vultures and the negative energy. So we'll hope they can come out and just kind of take it game by game, series by series, and put what's behind you behind you because you can't control that. You're not going to make it all back at once this week, guys. We're not rattling off six in a row. Not against the pitching we're facing. So be realistic. Let's try to get out of this week with four wins. Minimum. Minimum of three. If they go two and seven on this homestand, I don't it's not looking good. Let's find a way to win a minimum of three on this homestand at this point. What's done is done. And we'll talk to you tomorrow night here on Clubhouse Conversation. Not really a lot of positive stuff to talk about at this point. But thanks for listening. Go Royals.